Welcome to this week's Market Commentator podcast, MoneyWeb's series of interviews with investment professionals. Our guest this week is Tsepo Modiba, who is Chief Investment Officer at Sariti Asset Management. Tsepo, it's good to have you with us. Thanks for your time. We do live in very volatile times for global financial markets. Does the volatility and uncertainty in markets call for extraordinary investment processes, extraordinary, or will Sariti be sticking to its established investment? processes. Um, thanks for having me on the show. Um, I think ultimately uh, I, I read an interesting quote the other day. I'll start with that. And it said at times like this, you probably what you want to do is go take a cold shower. <laughs> <laughs> Just calm down. Okay, come back and do absolutely <laughs> nothing. Um, and I think that's really where we find ourselves um, right now. I think if you look at uh, markets since Brexit, uh, which will be the, the key driver of, of markets over the last couple of we- weeks, whether you're talking currency markets, bond markets or, or equities, um, there's been a, a really significant shoot up in, in volatility. Um, but a lot of stocks have pretty much gone nowhere. Uh, so they've gone up and down. But uh, at the end of it are quite flat. I think the gist of it is um, no one really knows the end implications um, of of Brexit. Um, so it's really difficult then to take definitive uh, investment decisions based on stuff that you don't really know. Absolutely. And when it is volatile like this, do you think it's best then to stick to what you have already established as your investment philosophy, as your investment process, or is there opportunity to make money off off these short-term moves? Sure. I I think um, ultimately from an investment perspective, what you want to do is stick to your process. Um, The the change in your process shouldn't be because of uh, short-term market dynamics. Um, It's hopefully a little bit more thought through than that. Um, So certainly I'd, I'd encourage uh, well, we're certainly sticking to our guns from a process perspective, and I'd encourage ve- investors to do the same. Um, I think if you do do that, um, it then highlights uh, numerous opportunities that come about um, as the market loses its mind. Have you changed any of the holdings in your portfolios subsequent to Brexit? Um, we've introduced one or two stocks that, uh, thankfully, the market in our mind um, then became uh, quite cheap. Um, but in terms of the, the core holdings, I mean, our, our key focus is, is on global markets. Uh, we do have positions within the UK itself. Um, some of those got absolutely hammered. Um, uh, not happy to say that, but nonetheless, uh, <laughs> sold off quite quite dramatically. But, but you're holding on to them. We're holding on to them because we don't think anything fundamentally has changed with the businesses yet. Sure, um, cost of capital within the UK has increased as risks have increased. Um, but we still think that there's material upside in, 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 in some of these holdings. I mean, um, to give you a sense um, of, of what's, what's sold off dramatically in the UK, um, the banks, which we don't have any of, um, sold off quite a bit, which makes sense given that they're a leverage on the broader economy and I think consensus is that if nothing else this is going to lead to an economic slowdown 
um, specifically because uh, of the uncertainty. So businesses are likely to push out uh, capital spending, uh, which, of course, will have a, a big drag on, on the underlying economy. So it makes sense that the banks would have sold off. Um, the housing housing market or housing development markets also sold off quite dramatically. And again, there the thesis is that quite a bit of uh, what's held up the UK and specifically London property, uh, residential property, has been uh, foreign investments. Either the Russians, who this won't affect, to be fair, uh, <laughs> maybe even makes it a little bit cheaper, um, or uh, European European buyers. Um, and I guess given that a, a, key, a key driver of, of the vote was immigration, um, what does that mean in terms of the ability or the demand from a foreign investor perspective? So um, I think that the, those two have been the big industries that have sold off quite dramatically. Um, we like a business in the UK called Drax. Um, it's a utilities business um, that's focused on, on the renewable energy side of things. And a lot of their regulation is, is European regulation. And again, all this, I, I keep saying, the same word uncertainty uncertainty yeah. and and i think that's that's really why we're seeing quite a bit of volatility and the stocks that you added to your portfolio subsequent to brexit can you shed some light on those uh, sure um so we've added some positions actually not necessarily in the uk itself um as as uh you know the rest of the world um took uh, a significant dip as well on, on the back of the news um some positions within the us have become uh interesting so we've um added a financial services business in in, in the US that uh, we think uh, is well positioned to to do well going forward and we thought was probably you know about fair value but it's pulled back 10% since the news so very happy to acquire it at these sort of prices Locally, would you say there are increasingly more or increasingly less buying opportunities? Sure, look the South African markets, it's, it's a tricky one because if you look at it from a top-down perspective I think there's a fair argument to say mm, South Africa is probably about fairly valued um, not expensive uh, by no means but certainly not a, a, a dripping roast um, for investors to you know fill their boots um, I, I think the short-term volatility is certainly introducing some opportunities to acquire businesses I mean uh, look I mean if you look at some of the businesses that have sold off dramatically over the last couple of years. Uh, Richmond, uh, case in point, uh, has followed suit the luxury theme around the world, which um, seems to have softened and investors have bailed out there. So, so businesses like that, we think, probably present decent value. And again, opportunities, this volatility is probably an opportunity for, for you to pick up stocks that you may not have um, before. And looking at countries uh, across the world, I was reading on your website that you start by identifying countries mm. that you think will perform well in terms of the building block of your investment process. And then off the back of that, select companies in those countries uh, that you think will perform well. Global growth, as we know, is constrained and quite patchy. And particularly now with Brexit, there is a lot of concern that an already weak European Union um, and UK economy will stagger even further. Further, perhaps the EU uh, more seriously than the UK. Yeah. Which are the countries then that Suriti thinks are likely to perform well in uh, the next, let's say, 12 to 18 months? <laughs> um, I think 
Look, oh, yeah, the 12 months, that's, that's tricky. Look, I, I think from, a, um, uh, from an investment thesis perspective, uh, the primary driver of our decision is valuations, not necessarily economic momentum. But if I can say which regions we think uh, in the next uh, you know, 24 months are probably going to be the ones that do well, uh, we particularly bearish on Europe as an aggregate, um, developed Europe in particular, so the likes of... Uh, you know Germany and France and Italy we don't have any positions there we think valuations aren't factoring in um, the risks that uh, that um, are there for the European economy and for underlying European businesses um, we are quite bullish on, on emer- not just emerging Asia but Asia Pacific um, so I think our, our largest active uh, bet from a country perspective is Hong Kong so we like Hong Kong in that it gives us exposure to um, uh, specifically, the you know, whilst slowing Chinese economy is still growing at above six percent per annum. We'd love that growth. In we South we, we would love that. <laughs> um, so it gives you exposure to that market at very discounted prices. I mean, you're talking uh, 10, 10 PEs um, uh, around there from a, a through the cycle uh, perspective as well. So um, we like the type of businesses that are cropping up there. Um, the the other market that we like uh, currently is also Japan. Um, we are finding some interesting ideas coming out of there. The likes of India, India is also actually quite interesting. Um, India is nice in that economically it's actually doing well. Mm. Um, and um, the market itself has pulled back. So, uh, you know, we're finding one or two great opportunities to, to take advantage of. I, I think the consensus is that we're moving away from Asia being this this big investment-driven economy, specifically China, to more of a consumption-based economy. And you can find uh, businesses that are likely to tap into that theme, um, but also at pretty decent prices. Let's talk about decent prices, because obviously if you're buying in rands, it can be tough <laughs> to really get the most bang for your buck. Obviously, the Indian rupee, the rand is still stronger than the rupee, but in many countries where there are dollar-based economies, mm. it's tough for investors uh, with, with RANDs to get the kind of exposure that they might want. How is that affecting the way you invest? Um, what, what, what are the kinds of things you say to RAND-based investors? Uh. The the lovely currency. I, I, <laughs> if if I had to wish for one thing, I'd wish for the ability to call where it's going to go. Yeah, um, it's strong at the moment. Well, <laughs> strong is a strong term, but it's but, looking relatively all right at the moment. But still. When you're buying big positions offshore, it's not giving you a lot to go on. Yeah, look, I, I think the tricky bit from a currency perspective. So I think what your decision has to be um, to invest offshore has to be a diversification argument. Diversification, um, not just on a currency perspective, but on the types of businesses that you can get. If you think about, um, you know, if you're looking at the big tech businesses around the world, that type of economic exposure just doesn't exist in the South African JSE environment. Oh, or the super large um, pharma businesses. So, so actually very different types of businesses that you can get exposure to. So that, in our mind, should be the primary driver of your decision. Um, unfortunately, fundamentals don't always drive where currencies go. 
Um, uh, people have been talking for the last 30 years about the U.S. with a, a budget uh, deficit, and that should really mean a weaker dollar. But again, uh, that doesn't necessarily uh, translate into that. So it's particularly difficult for a long-term perspective to to decide where the currency is going to go. Um, so we think you should probably then just make the decision on allocating overseas based on, um, on, on other factors rather than the currency. Can you give us a sense of how your equity portfolios are performing year to date? I mean, I keep hearing these sort of expect low single digit or at most high single digit returns from your equity portfolios over the next year or more sure. uh, and investors sort of bracing for a lot lower equity returns. How how sure. should we so, do? So, I mean, uh, we've been fortunate in terms of our performance, uh, certainly relative to the benchmark. Um, I think we're up uh, close to 8% um, in dollar terms uh, year to date compared to a benchmark of roughly 2%. Um, and that's really, as I said, we've been fortunate that our underlying stock picks have, have come through to the party and, and um, have done relatively well. Um, Is that on your global? That's on the global side of okay. things. So um, I, I certainly think that um, unless you're taking active bets where you're finding opportunities that, that are undervalued, global markets um, as an aggregate uh, aren't, aren't necessarily trading at, at massive discounts. So investors probably have to get used to an environment where, as you said, um, you know, lows or mid single digit returns are is going to be uh, the case for some time, especially in until underlying global growth reasserts itself, because if you think about it, um, how do you how do investors make returns? Either by expanding uh, multiples, so the PE ratio goes from 10 to 16, and the price appreciates, or underlying earnings are doing particularly well. Um, we're in an environment where multiples are stretched. And earning growth isn't necessarily going to be that great. So um, that uh, doesn't bode well for, for massive returns for investors going forward. And your local equity portfolios, how are those doing? Um, so for the time being, we just focused on global. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's really our, our primary uh, focus or singular focus for the time being. If I can expect low single-digit or high single-digit returns on equities and bond yields are offering the same kinds of returns, certainly here in South Africa, not globally. We know that in developed markets there's even some bonds with negative yields and yet those bonds are very expensive and in very high demand. Mm. Why would I invest in equities over bonds if if the returns are, are pretty similar and the risk is supposed to be lower when it comes to bonds? Uh, I, I think the, the, the final bit of your comment is uh, the important bit. We have, <clears throat> we have a perception that bonds are lower risk um, by virtue of what's happened over the last decade or so. Um, yields, including in South Africa, at some stage have to kick up, which means that it doesn't necessarily bode well for bond prices. Um, so that's a key factor in terms of your asset allocation decision um, for investors. But I think, um, uh, you know, you should probably be looking at about on target um, across uh, both bonds and, and equities in the current environment. I wouldn't necessarily be overly bullish on, on either asset class. All right, we'll leave it there. Tsepo Mordiba is Chief Investment Officer at Sariti Asset Management.